Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I'm Anna Horford, and you're listening to the Celtics Life Podcast. Welcome inside the Celtics Live podcast. I'm Josh Corn, and I'm joined by the social media powerhouse of the Boston sports community. It's Anna Horford. Anna, where are you joining me from? Hey, I'm joining you from Michigan. <laughs> right across the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, well, we've yep. spoken before uh, when I wrote about your family for Celtics Life. So it's really great that you could join us again. We're here to talk about a myriad of topics. So we should get going and talk about Celtics basketball. This is your second season as part of the Celtics fan base. Uh, I want you to discuss the difference between Boston sports fans and others that you've experienced. Yeah, so basically just the pride and tradition in Boston is unmatched, I feel like, uh, by any other franchise. And I just feel like no other franchise has a history like Boston's. And, you know, they're extremely loyal and diehard fans and... And so, so that, you know, that uh, makes a huge difference in comparison to, for example, Al was in Atlanta and, um, back in Atlanta, you know, people are just a little bit more chill about sports in general and, uh, they're not as dedicated, <laughs> mm. um, necessarily. Um, and I think you could tell based on like us going to Atlanta earlier this season, it seemed like there were more Celtics fans than Hawks fans when we played them at um, in Atlanta. So so that's another thing. Um, and I feel like their franchise is kind of on the come up still, but Boston is just so deeply rooted um, and they just have this tradition of winning. So, so I think that's really cool. What you just mentioned there about the transplants um, in the opposite team's arena, that happened last night in Brooklyn as well. Um, yeah. that's, that's something you see quite often, isn't it, with Celtics fans? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of fun actually cuz even going to the Detroit games, Detroit's about an hour from where I'm at. There are lots of Celtics fans there as well. So it's just kind of like uh, a huge takeover. I mean, I think every single state has a good good number of Celtics fans. I think that uh speaks a lot to the franchise. Certainly does. And 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 the passion you spoke about before, that can work in both ways. Um also so whilst they're passionate when it's all going well when it isn't going so well have you noticed that they could be pretty hard on the players yeah absolutely um it's kind of funny to me because i just feel like if you're an educated sports fan you are a little bit more like mild tempered about things and you know um if we're losing in the first half you you know better than to give up on our team. I mean, clearly we're a second half team. And so just kind of like the intensity and like how people just like, you know, because they, they want the Celtics to win so bad. They want them to play perfectly every game. So they put so much pressure. And if they're not performing, 
then, you know, a lot of people get turned off by that. But I mean, there all the, are the people too who, who will stick with the team uh, through and through. And, and so, so yeah, you get a little bit of both. Eventually, you just have to start becoming selective about who you actually converse with because you, you realize that only half of sports fans actually use logic. Right. Um, and, and once you realize that, you can start to kind of call the people that you actually speak to about sports. But So moving into the actual team, it, there was a large roster overhaul over the summer. A lot of emotional goodbyes, I'm sure, but it seems to be paying <clears> off after the start, the start to the season that we've enjoyed with a current 13-game win streak, obviously, is not bad. But what are your thoughts on this run? Um, I'm really excited about it. I feel like uh, all the guys are really clicking and, um, you know, they're gelling. I feel like they've got really great chemistry already. Um, and I think they all complement each other really well. I think that they all want to win. And they're kind of looking at the bigger picture versus individual success. And I think that's huge. And uh, that's, you know... That's what winning teams are made of. So, so I'm excited to see what we do. From what you gather from speaking to Al, does there seem to be a kind of air of excitement in Boston with the, with the win streak? Yeah, I think he's. I think he's really excited. I'm going to be in Boston uh, next weekend again, so uh, I'm sure I'll be able to talk to him about it a bit. Um, but he, I mean, he's so stoked on all his teammates. Uh, he was really excited to, you know, play with Baines and Kyrie and um, even Morris and, and the young guys too. And I think that they all just balance out each other really well. And so, yeah, he's he's super stoked to see what uh, they do this season too. And that run, um, it may be, well, it, it quite clearly is about to face its biggest challenge with the Warriors up next. Uh, do you think the streak can continue after this game? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're coming... Um, they're coming to our turf <laughs> and and I think that you know we've got a lot of momentum behind us right now and mm -hmm. and I'm never not going to believe in our team I'm just not that kind of person I'd rather just be positive and just see you know just see how it goes uh when we get there um I think that a lot of the time people play up to their competition as well so yeah. I think that the guys know that and they'll get in the right mindset and that will definitely give the Warriors a run for their money. Well, that has actually been the case with the Celtics over the last couple of years. And I know it's a completely different squad, but, you know, some of the factors that you've already talked about, I mean, the passion in the arena, things like that, it might galvanise the team in the way that it has done over, over recent years when they've actually had a slightly worse in terms of natural quality playing team. So, you know, let's, let, let's uh, cross our fingers. But... Talking about Al's individual performance so far this season, he's he's looked very aggressive. He's really looking for his own, his own shot quite often. Have you noticed anything different in your brother this year? I think that Al's level of playing is just, um, I think he's kind of, I know I've said this before, just kind of rolling off the playoffs last season. And mm. I think he just really trusts who he's playing with. I think he's really comfortable. And I know people are kind of like, yeah, well, Kyrie's making Al better. Um, Al's making Kyrie better. Like, or they'll, they'll say one or the other. I think that it's both. I think that, um, you know, they've already got really great chemistry and not just that. I think the younger guys really look up to Al and they know they can trust him when they want, you know, him to make a play. So I think that that's huge for the team too. So, 
So yeah, I, I think that he has um, stepped up, but in large part to just who is surrounding him as well. And it's just, it's helping everyone on offense. Yeah, he certainly seems to be finding it uh, a really fitting opportunity to be a leader in the team because he certainly does look look to be that. Uh, but let's discuss, as you've already mentioned, the fit amongst his new teammates and how they help him, how he helps them. As you've mentioned, he works incredibly well with Kyrie. He's kind of the prototype forward for someone like Kyrie to play alongside, so with the way he shares the ball. What are your thoughts on the way... Kyrie has been able to f- make an immediate impact in this these first few games. And, and, and do you think he s- can sustain it with that partnership with Al? Do you think it's just going to get better? Oh, absolutely. I think that, I mean, it's huge that they already are playing this well together. I can't wait to see where they're at come, you know, February and March. And um, I think our just our whole team chemistry is going to get better. And and, you know, you learn about your teammates and, and what works and whatnot, and you, and you try to perfect that and you try to capitalize on it. So I think that's what we're going to do. And I'm really excited. He's, he's creating so much space, um, for Kyrie. Um, they, they work brilliantly together. But another, I think another factor for Al is the improved bigs. Well, at least the improved physicality of bigs. So Baines, who you've mentioned before, and Daniel Tice, they take a lot of the physical workload, it seems, away from Al and free him up to play his game a little bit more inside and do the majority of the banging. Do, do, do you feel that he's been freed up by the presence of some more traditionally physical, physical big guys? Yeah, definitely. He, I know he was really excited when uh, the Celtics were going after Baines. Um, Cause I think he knew, you know, uh, how much he could help the team with rebounding and with just having that dominating presence. I mean, the dude is just, people just bounce right off of him. I think I tweeted that last night. And, um, so, so yeah, I, I think that really frees Al up to be able to do his job the best that he can do. And then in turn, that helps Kyrie and, and et cetera. So I think everyone just complements each other really, really well. In relation to the young guys, are, are you as optimistic as many about the Brown and Tatum wing combo and how bright their future seems to be? I mean, totally. that's obviously making a very bright future for the organization in, in their hands. Yeah, 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 totally. I I think, I mean, they're so impressive. Tatum looks like he's been in the league for a few seasons, which I think is funny. He just, he just, just keeps his composure and and he just seems so mature for his age and he's so talented. And I think he and Jalen have fun together. And I think that helps, you know, you can have fun and um, have that kind of dynamic with each other. And so, so yeah, I'm, I'm impressed by both of them. And, and I really, really think that they're going to step up big for us, especially in Gordon's absence, which is what we need. So, so yeah, I'm very optimistic about the two of them as well. Yeah, they, they, they really couldn't have forecasted Tatum being this far ahead of schedule. His, his footwork, his touch, the comparisons of Paul Pierce are actually irresistible. I know everyone keeps doing <laughs> it, um, but he really does have an old man's game. He's, he's an absolute joy to watch so far. But as you've mentioned, there is a, a, a significant lack of Gordon Hayward. Obviously, their opportunity to establish themselves it's come from horrific circumstances with the injury of Gordon. Um, talk us through your thought process when Gordon went down and how seriously you expected it to affect the season. 
Well, when it happened, I think obviously it was a shock for everybody. And then you kind of have to look at our team, look at our roster and just kind of readjust things in your mind. And the guys, you know, um, had to definitely readjust their, their entire game plan, essentially. I mean, I knew that it would definitely impact us. We're definitely feeling the loss. But at the same time, I think it gave room to other guys like uh, Tatum and Jalen to really step up and, and kind of uh, show their worth. And in that, they're finding themselves. And I think, you know, that's extremely beneficial to the team. So out of something horrible came something really good, too. Has anything that horrific happened on the court for a big game uh, that Al's played in before? Ugh, not that, thank God, not that Al's played in. I mean, he had those two detached pectoral muscle injuries, Mm. um, which obviously were very painful for him, but to the site, you couldn't tell what was going Mm. on. You know, it's not like anything was dislocated or sticking out or anything like that, even though I'm sure it felt that way. no, the the last injury I can remember like that is I was in Atlanta with Al and we were watching um the uh NCAA tournament and um our brother who was playing for Michigan they ended up going to the national championship that year and they played Louisville and a guy named Kevin Ware. Yeah, he, I remember um, that. Yeah, his his leg and his bone just completely stuck out his and his foot went limp and you know, that was the last time and I was with Al when that happened and he was just like I really wish that I hadn't seen that like it really messes up guys mentally it really does that's the main reason I asked because for me it's absolutely remarkable that I, I play basketball recreationally and when I saw Kevin Ware's injury and then when I saw Gordon Hayward's injury it really makes you like think twice about stepping on the court days after. But these guys are literally seeing it happen and it's their friend, it's their teammate, it's their colleague, and then they're carrying on minutes later. Uh, do you think that, that that's like superhuman character? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think it's. I think you have to give the guys a lot of credit just because they saw Gordon go down in such a horrific way. There's actually a picture of Al standing, like watching with his hands on his head, just kind of like in shock. And you have to give them credit for, you know, they played five minutes later, ten minutes later, whatever it was, you know, like. And Cleveland only beat us by three, so <laughs> the just mental capacity and maturity that you have to have for that is just I mean it's it's insane so so I think it's like I think it's awesome what our guys did and they went out and you know we almost won that game so but I think it does kind of haunt you a bit yeah yeah for sure and and that character some of that character was shown by Tatum who's 19 and Jalen Brown who's just turned 21 I mean it is it really is quite remarkable but let's move on so let's touch on those that questioned uh, Al's contract last year. Uh, do you feel that a fair amount of people will be eating their words on this one? I mean, due to the way he's come out at the start of the year, certain members of the media, <clears throat> fans online have, have, have been quite vocal about his contract because it is, you know, a, a well-paid contract. What are your thoughts on how they would probably be feeling right now? I mean, I definitely think they're already eating their words, uh, <laughs> for the most part. I mean, Al's just kind of shown how valuable he is to the team. And, and so him coming out this year after having a really great playoff run, um, I think people are starting to realize, Oh, wait, 
you know, Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens knew what they were doing by giving him this contract. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a new MBA. So valuable players are going to get their money. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I think Al's definitely proven how valuable he is. I mean, if he's not out there, the offense, you know, doesn't run the same way. And, and they run a lot of the offense through him just like in general. Um, and the way he's just kind of, um, just not selfish. And, and I think that really helps. And I think people definitely probably feel a little dumb for being so, uh, so hard on him, but I think it was also hard because he had that concussion early on and he's learning a new system. And then, <laughs> um, after that, just kind of trying to get acclimated back into playing. He missed some, like, I think, I think it was like 10 games, you know, so. So coming in, having that happen and, and trying to adjust to this new team, I think was a big challenge for him. But this year you can tell he's a lot more comfortable and he, he really trusts the guys he's playing with. So, so yeah. And as you mentioned about the concussion, uh, Al missed some action last week due to concussion protocol after a knock from Kent Bazemore. Um, last year you were pretty straightforward in your response to those who didn't understand the weight of the situation. And actually, people also criticised him for missing the birth of, birth of his child. So what can you do? But do you think it speaks for the fickle world of sports, how people overreact to that kind of thing? Yeah, I think that it's just, it's such a selfish mindset for people to have. And they don't realise it. And I think sometimes they forget that athletes are humans with emotions and with families and... Uh, they need their time too. Their body is, you know, everything. So to jeopardize that, um, in order to be able to go on the court and entertain you, like, it's almost like people are like, how dare you sit out and take care of your body? You're here to entertain me. And I just think that that entitlement is something that people really need to, um, kind of pay attention to and, and learn from and kind of realize how ridiculous they sound. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's not Roman blood sports, you know, it's kind of a barbaric (laughs) attitude. Let's talk about your voice on, on Twitter. So, you know, how have you found it becoming a significant voice in the Celtics community? Um, for example, today it seems like you came across several bigoted morons. Um, <laughs> is it is it days like today that show you the challenges of that, and what are the positives of it? Yeah, I mean it's really hard to deal with trolls and just kind of um, ignorant jerks, uh, just in general. But when it's like people like over and over and over again coming at you about different things, it, it does weigh on you to an extent. Um, a lot of it I'm very numb to. So, you know, girls and in, in the sports world or just in general, really will, you know, guys, you know, get called, you know, whores and, and -hmm. things like that. And, and I get that all the time and, and that bounces right off me. Like I, I could not care less, uh, what you think. Um, Jacob jacking off in your mom's basement, you know, like I, I really don't, I really don't care. Um, so, so yeah, it's hard, uh, on those kinds of days when it's just all negative and, and it, it's kind of draining. But at the same time, I've met a lot of really cool people and I've connected with a lot of people. And 
So I think that's, I think that's really cool too. And just being able to kind of have a voice and, and I'm just, I don't know, trying to, uh, trying to bring positivity to the table as much as I can. And, and just trying to, I'm a very liberal person. So, so I try to incorporate, um, you know, how I, how I feel about the LGBTQ community and, and minorities, women, all these different things. I try to talk about it's not just sports, uh, because at the end of the day, you know, there are much more important things out there. So, so yeah, it's good and bad. <laughs> well, one of those issues recently has been, I mean, as you can hear any listeners and, and yourself, uh, would know that this is a British accent. So I'm speaking to you from the United Kingdom, uh, and from the United Kingdom, when we look over everything that happens with guns, um, over there, we share so many similarities with you as, as a culture, but one of them is not that it to us. It's absolutely dumbfounding that you can't find a way to control guns. I'm going to give you a little kind of, uh, opportunity to express your feelings as to where you sit on gun control, because it's such a, hot button topic and you've been expressing your opinion a little bit on Twitter, but where do you, where do you feel the country's at and, and explain to me how it's not under control at this point? Yeah, I feel like we're in a really bad place right now. Um, just so many horrible incidents that are reoccurring and there was just a shooting in California at an elementary school and it, it barely made the news. Um, I mm. feel like because it's becoming so frequent and even, uh, Donald Trump had copied and pasted a tweet, um, from Sutherland Springs in Texas, which was the shooting that happened. I believe it was last week. Um, and he accidentally tweeted about it today. Um, probably not realizing he didn't change the name of the city to the one in California. So. I feel like um, you can really tell how frequent it is just by that. And I am pro-gun to an extent. I believe if you feel like you need to have a handgun maybe locked away in your house or something for protection, I'm all for that. And I've got hunters in my family, um, you know, and they and they hunt deer and, and things like that. And Um, so, so yeah, if you want to have a rifle or a shotgun, I don't think anyone needs, um, an automatic weapon (laughs) that can just shoot like hundreds of rounds. Um, and I, and I think that it definitely needs to be regulated. I think that, uh, we need to really focus on mental health and, and doing more screenings and background checks. And there's just a lot more we can do that we're not doing because um because of the Republican Party, because of the NRA who, mm-hmm. you know, fully supports Trump. So Trump can't and I shouldn't say can't, he just won't come out and condemn them and, and what they're saying and what um you know they're pushing because he's gotten money from them. So mm-hmm. so at the end of the day, um money means more to him than the lives of Americans. And I think that's I think that's really sad and, and that's the opposite of what the president of the United States should stand for. Yeah, the guy's a complete infant. Um, I mean, <laughs> the, the way the way he was looking for praise um, in relation to the Leangelo Ball and and his uh, teammates is is unbelievable. Yeah. You know, yep. If you if you told us four years ago that the president of the United States would be tweeting that, then you just wouldn't have believed it. But anyway, away from 
such deep <laughs> subjects. On behalf uh, of the guys at Celtics Life, by the way, I, I know a lot of the team wanted to say thanks for bringing some light on some social justice issues, as we've mentioned. Uh, so the more liberal uh, among mm-hmm. the fan base, they certainly appreciate it. Moving on, um, your trips to Boston um, when you come down to watch a game. Oh, when were you last down, by the way? Um, I was down a few weeks ago. It was, um, I think, like three three weeks ago, four weeks ago. And then I'll be there next weekend as well. And and how do you find the the city's nightlife? It's fun. It's fun. I've only been out a few times just because a lot of the time when we're, when we're in Boston, depending on the length of the trip, it's like, it's like major family time just because we don't mm. get to see Al that much uh, during the season. And, and I have to see my niece and nephew because I'm obsessed with them. So, um, so a lot of it's family time, but the nightlife is fun in Boston. Um, went to a few places last time we were there and, and it's been really cool. And I love the city in general. I mean, it's so historic and, and beautiful. I, I will not drive in Boston because people are absolutely insane. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> As far as going and experiencing things, it's it's been really fun. And yeah, so what what would you say your favorite area of Boston was? I I stayed in the North End and stayed in Austin for um, a few weeks in the past, and really enjoyed both of them. But what what's your favorite area of Boston? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know Boston well enough to be like, oh yeah, I I loved you know. This area, usually it's like, I'm not even driving. We're either like taking like Ubers or Lyfts somewhere or, you know, we, we have a car service or whatever. So I'm not like really paying attention. Um, so I, I mean, I've just, I've been to some, some really great, um, places. I mean, we did like a shootout out on the beach for Al and his wife and his kids. And that was really fun. I can't even, re- I'm trying to remember the name of the <laughs> the bars we went to, but I was a little intoxicated. So I can't even, I can't <laughs> well, even the, really the, recall. The um, strip in the North End, there's a, there's a strip in the North End right by the arena. Um, and there's a couple okay. of good bars there. Yeah. Yeah. So, I've been, the, I, I mean, I've been around the arena, obviously to a, to a few different places. And, and so, yeah. What about food? Have you been to any good food places that you can you can note? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had just tweeted about it when I was there and totally blanking on the name. It was this little Italian place and um, it was like the best Italian food I've ever had in my entire life. And Al loves going there because it's like really small and like kind of remote. And so like, it's kind of low key. So you can just like walk in real quick and sit down and like kind of not be bothered by people. Um, and I'm really mm-hmm. sad. I can't remember the name because it was delicious for, I know I've talked about this. My, my sister loves, um, it's called in a pickle for breakfast Okay, right, and it's okay. a good breakfast spot. <laughs> um, I've shouted them out a few times. They're pretty good. I'm, so, yeah, I'm sure you was... can just um, you can just tweet the uh, Italian place if you want to big it up. But the uh, yeah, yeah. I, there's a couple of really good spots in the North End that I enjoyed on my trip. Uh, anyway, we need to stop stop waffling on about um, about food now. So I'm going <laughs> to wrap it up. I'll let you get on with your evening now, Anna. I really appreciate you talking to us. It's been really great. Yeah, thanks so much. And thank you very much to the listeners of the Celtics Life podcast. Check out the links at the top of CelticsLife.com. 
We have a huge variety of shirts and hoodies in our store, and you can even get tickets to the next game under that heading. You can find the pod on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and most podcatcher apps. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode, because you would never want to miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, be sure to rate us five stars. If you don't like something or have a suggestion, make sure to let us know with a comment on any Celtics Life article, even if that comment is, get this British guy off of the website, why is he talking about basketball, that's not their sport. Or on Twitter with the hashtag CLPod. We're always trying to bring you the Celtics coverage you want, the way you want it. So, Anna, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.